Hi, I'm Kim Rickards, professional superglue and co-creator of Manifest. Manifest is a global platform with the vision to empower professionals of color to make connections and build intentional community to manifest careers, dreams, and goals. In this podcast, we will nurture, inspire, connect, and elevate our listeners through relevant stories and conversations. Now, let's Manifest. Hi, everyone. Today, I am joined by Adenike. Olan Rawu. I know that I totally butchered this. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you say your name because I am positive I butchered it, but you know, and she's laughing because she's like, yeah, Kim, we practiced this and you butchered it. But today it's going to be an awesome conversation. And, you know, we're going to discuss how she came to be founder and editor in chief of IO magazine a news and lifestyle platform dedicated to telling this and sharing the stories of Black women around the world. And I'm excited to not only get your name right, but to also learn more about IO and how this brand is doing so many positive things in the Black and Brown community. So without further ado, welcome to Let's Man a Feast. And please say your name for us. Sure, sure. So uh, my name is Adenike Adenike. Olanre Waju. Yeah. So as you can tell, I'm Nigerian. Um, And as you mentioned, I am the founder and editor in chief of IO Magazine, which is, like you said, an international media platform for Black women, um, where we feature stories that are written by, for, about Black women from all over the world. So we have stories um, from women in Colombia, in Brazil, uh, Cuba, you know, all over the UK and Europe, um, and of course, throughout the African continent. Um, And, you know, we pride ourselves on being an an inclusive meeting place where women of diaspora can learn about lives lived elsewhere, but also be the focus of their stories, you know, and be the originators of their stories and be the the interpreters of their stories. Um, yeah, and of course, we know that Black women are not a monolith and live vastly different lives from the next Black woman. But mm-hmm. at the very least, you know, Black women are the focus and the priority at, at IO. Awesome. We're going to get more into it. But before we do, we're going to have some fun. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, we're going to play a little game. We're going to play do it. this or that. Okay. All right. So it's just going to be quick. So you have to... Think whatever comes to mind. Don't oh, think too hard about it. Once I say, <laughs> once I say the two words, you're going to tell me which one you prefer. Okay. Ooh. All right. So the first one: puzzles or crosswords? Oh, crosswords. <laughs> <laughs> crosswords. Yes, crosswords. Yep. All right. What about country escape or city adventure? Country escape. Yeah. New edition. Oh, sorry. Your city girl. Yeah, born and raised in the Bronx. You know, I live in Brooklyn now. It's the city life is all that I know. I'm, I'm looking for something a little slower now. I agree with you. You know, we're going to tap on that one too. Yeah. But what about New Edition or Boys mm. to Men? Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> oh, let us go with, we are going to go with Boys to Men. I love Philly. I'm not a fan of Boston. Um yeah, and I feel like I kind of missed the new edition train. I was a little too young for new edition. Got it. But, but Boys to Men was definitely, you know, I, I was Boys. definitely more of a fan. Boys to Men all the way. Yeah, yeah. 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 What about 
Let's see. Huh. What about the Fresh Prince with Steve Urkel? Fresh Prince. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he gets black. Down. And I, you know, I caught an episode of Fresh Prince a couple days ago and it still holds up. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's still, it's good television. Fresh Prince. It's good television for sure. Yeah. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram by far. I am too, I'm way too slow for, for Twitter. <laughs> I got to agree with you with that. I still haven't caught up to Twitter. I'm like, yeah. in one day, maybe? Mm, Possibly? I've, I've tried and I just can't <laughs> get into it. It just moves too quickly. You yeah. know, Instagram, I can take my time. I can like, I have a little bit more control, I think. Yeah, I agree. And with Instagram, I feel like I can be a little bit more thoughtful yes. in, in how I'm telling the story. So exactly. yeah, Twitter is exactly. almost like you have to be quick in telling the story. Thoughtful, yeah. but quick. Yeah. And I don't like to be limited, no. so... You know, and the last one, fried rice or jollof? Oh my gosh. Um, hmm. Damn. This, uh, <laughs> this is, mm, I like rice period, uh, but dang, this is hard. Um, let us go with jollof rice. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was like, let's go with you jollof. Ha- you kind of have you to, know? right? Just kind of yeah. a little a little, oh, I get, you know, I feel like I have to, yeah, you know, yeah, you have to just a but rice bit. is good in any form, in any form, it's delicious. Yeah. So <laughs> I want I want you to take us back to the fact that you are from the Bronx, mm-hmm. and your story. I wouldn't say that it's untypical, right? But yeah. for many people that may not know, how did you go from? basically being a young lady in the Bronx all the way to the New York times. Um, how did I go about doing that? Okay. So I, I guess it all starts with, with my parents. Like that's where my origin story like begins. Um, like I mentioned, my parents, Nigerian immigrants came to this country with very little and, you know, from the very beginning, they've always instilled the value and the importance um, of education. It was always a priority. It was likely the only priority, mm-hmm. um, for me and my sisters, you know, that was our only job to do school. Um, I, I, I want to be careful and say, yes. So yes, education was number one in our household and my parents were instrumental in instilling those values and those habits that carry me on to this day. With that said, though, I do recognize that that's not the path for everyone. Right. Um, but I think my parents were cognizant enough and saw, you know, the kind of person that I was and knew that education was my best way, was my best chance. I guess they were saying, you know, she's not going to be a little Beyonce. So, you know, education <laughs> is, is the way to go with her. And they were they were right. So um, just instilling those values and the importance of education um, I think something that was also very instrumental in my path and my trajectory was inroads. I don't know if mm. you're familiar with them, but they're this organization that places talented um, black and brown students from, you know, un, uh, in, into, um, I'm sorry, high school students, college students in these high profile internships in the hopes that those internships turn into full time offers. At, at companies around the country and around the world. Um, so I, you know, I had an internship doing PR at Penguin, the publishing house um, for two summers. And then they offered me a full-time job 
after I graduated. And, you know, that led to another job in a couple of years doing PR again at a nonprofit and then doing PR here um, at, at the Times. Um, so, you know, that I really do credit inroads and I, um, I, I encourage people to definitely, if they know of any talented, um, students in their lives to, to definitely check the organization out because I, I, I owe them a lot. I definitely do. Um, yeah. That's awesome though. I'm Mm -hmm. glad that you were exposed to this program and now you're exposing others to mm-hmm. inroads as well, who, who, you know, those that may be familiar, those that may not be. Right. I'm sure if someone else has been impacted positively, they will be sharing their story as well. Like, yep, that was me. Or they may mm-hmm. have met you there. Who knows? Yeah. But we'd like to hear it for <laughs> sure. Um, and having this experience, I would ask you, what inspires you the most? Because again, you mm-hmm. were exposed to I would say many New Yorkers may not be familiar with inroads, right? So you were exposed to this at an early age. And then I'm sure you had even more quote unquote exclusive experiences that Mm. many may not have had. Yeah. Yeah. So when you look around, what are you most inspired by? Mm. Uh, You mean currently like now as, as, as a writer? Yeah. mm -hmm. Um, Well, hmm. so luckily I don't have to look too far. You know, this is going to sound super cheesy, but (laughs) I really am inspired by like the brilliant black women in my very circle who are doing phenomenal dynamic things, you know, just by being themselves, their beautiful Mm -hmm. black female selves. You know, I'm thinking of um, this woman, Tisha Shabazz, who has a loud girl movement. There is Lady Sasha Jones, who's this amazing art curator and writer. I think she's based in Harlem. Um, there's Shadra Louvier, who I believe was the first, I hope I get this right. She was the first black woman to curate a solo exhibition at the Guggenheim. And she did that just last year. Um, so luckily for me, I don't have to look far, you know, and seeing these, these, these black women doing these amazing things, these dynamic things, it pushes me and mm-hmm. it inspires me because I will always believe that there's enough sunlight for all of us to do impactful, worthwhile, um, shape-shifting things. So yeah, yeah. Those, those women give me inspiration. Black women give me inspiration. It sounds cheesy, I know, but it it's, really is true. You know, it's not cheesy at all. I think that it should be said more often. Yeah, like they're, you know, you know they I are the... That something that I think that's something that many women and men mm-hmm. should find um find the courage to say it more mm, often mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. don't just wait until like Beyonce or Rihanna drop an album like say yeah. this regularly yeah and it's a way of celebrating our people and it's a way yep. of actually reinforcing that we're greatness you know mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. oftentimes I feel we wait for someone else to say it or to do it yeah. and then we jump on the bandwagon but yeah. it, the reality is that we all have a voice and we can yeah. use it to positively, you know, uplift our people. And you are doing that through IO. Thank you. I'm I'm trying, you know, I I tell people that IO is very much a labor of love, but it's, it's a labor of love that I wholeheartedly believe in. I feel like it's going to be my life's work. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I talked about highlighting black women in every story we do, because, you know, when you look at mainstream media, 
um, you, you we're not always cast in the most positive of lights if we're not Beyonce's or Rihanna's, right. you know? Right. And I think it's, you know, it, Io is my, it, I'm doing my little, my little part in changing narratives and introducing people to what Black lives, Black female lives look like all over the world. Again, Black women are not a monolith. We all live different lives, different mm-hmm. various lives. Um, but but Io is a way of showcasing that that exactly. variety, I think, mm-hmm. you know? And I could be doing this for the rest of my life. And like, even in my capacity, in a more professional capacity, um, the stories that I write, because I do write outside of IO as well. All of my subjects have been black women and I can spend the rest of my life writing only about black women and, and be fine. You know, mm. I'm not, it's not for lack there, right. there, there's just so much and women, these black women are doing amazing things and the whole world should know that, that really, that's all IO is. It's nothing, it's nothing like groundbreaking, but you know, it is new. In, in a sense, I guess. And, but in a way, I would say that it is groundbreaking because the stories that are being told are not the typical stories that people would assume to be told, right? Mm-hmm. So sadly, what I mean by that, because it, it should be obvious to most people, but for those that may be wondering, what am I saying when I say that? What I'm essentially saying is that the everyday woman's story is being mm-hmm. told. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about her struggles because quite frankly, I'm over the struggle story. Like I'm so (laughs) beyond it because I do find that there are so many black women, black and brown women that are not struggling. Like why do we have to struggle in order for us to make it into the news? You know, why does it have to be a sad story Mm -hmm. or a story where it's like we were helped by someone else. And Mm -hmm. it was this big miracle. Like, why aren't we telling the stories of people that are really doing their thing and they're doing it successfully without struggling and they're impacting the world around them. Yep. They're being the change they want to see. Yeah. And showcasing their, their talents and their arts and their, you know, sometimes you just want to hear a regular ass story Right. <laughs> that that right. that has a, a black woman or an, or rather a non-white person as the focus sometimes. That's just mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, I think when it comes to news organizations, I mean pretty much all of them, they they really do in particular when it comes to featuring stories around the African continent, you know. First of all, they talk about the continent as if it's one place. You know, I, I see that a lot, but, you know, the stories that do come out of the continent that, you know, that they cover are often about, you know, famine and Ebola and Boko Haram and corruption and scandal. And, you know, sometimes I just want to talk about this amazing artist who, you know, who uses watercolors in a phenomenal way, who just also happens to be a black woman who just also happens to live on the continent. Regular right. stories, you know, because Lord knows we've all had to, we've been subjected to, to stories that have white people as the focus talking about the most mundane things. Why don't we get that opportunity as well? Why aren't we seen in that, in that way? Why aren't our stories just as, as valued and prioritized? Absolutely. And this is exactly why I believe you created it. But I do want to take a moment for you to share what was that creative process like? Like, What was that moment you had when you said, you know what, I'm going to create something that's for 
people that look like me? What led yeah. to that? Um, what led to that? Um, well, I guess I had always been a writer. I've always written in some kind of capacity and I just wanted, I wanted to make a space for myself where I wanted to just write about things that I wanted to write about without having to go through some kind of gatekeeper, you know, or having to pitch a story to someone and have them ultimately say no, you know, and, you know, when I pitch stories now, by and large, the, the, the people who give me the yes or the no are people who do not look like me. And when I feel that I need to write about something cultural, it, it doesn't make me feel good to know that I need to rely upon this, this often white cultural gatekeeper to tell my story. So I, you know, I, I pieced IO together. It's a labor of love. It changes all the time. You know, we're tweaking as we go. Um, and that's another thing. I just started it because I knew that I would keep on giving myself a reason to not do it because I was waiting for it to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So I just started it and I continued to iterate and I continued to tell people about it. And I continued to encourage people to check it out and to, to find space for themselves on IO because I know how it feels to to feel like there isn't space for you elsewhere. Like your stories are not a priority. So mm-hmm. I kind of just wanted to make, I, I just wanted to make things easier, make the, the point of entry easier for people, for, for writers like me who, you know, were having a hard time um, or not knowing how to pitch a story to one of the bigger organizations. Um, and then, you know, that, that's, that's really what it was. That, that's how I got started because I just wanted to, to, to do, I just want to tell stories for people that look like me without having to go through gatekeepers. Right. And then yeah. what are some of those challenges outside of the fact that the gatekeepers don't look like you? Like, what are some of the challenges that writers such as yourself may face when you know that the story is of value and you know that it will positively impact the readers and you're told essentially no or not now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, how do you mitigate that? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a blow to the ego, of course. And, you know, you internalize it and you, you think that, you know, their no is a reflection on your abilities and the way that you see the world. And it is not, um, you know, there are 7 billion people that make up this world and not all of us see the world the same way. There's no way we can possibly see the world the same way. But that doesn't mean that each and every viewpoint isn't a valid viewpoint. You know, mm-hmm. it's true to someone. Um, so, you know, it, it's very easy to internalize when people tell you no. Um, and um, you have to, you kind of have to figure out what your North Star is and what you are and who you are. and not be deterred when people tell you otherwise, you know, or, or when, or when you don't get that validation that you so desperately seek. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, which leads me to my second point, not looking for validation and sometimes just doing the damn thing yourself, you know, right. Right. Um, I'm going to butcher the, the phrase, but something about like, if there aren't any seats at the table, you need to build your own table. And that, that really is what, what it's all about. You know, if the opportunities that exist are cannot find space for you, then you need to make your own opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, I support that. that. <laughs> I'm like, I support that. Yeah. 100%. And you, you know, with your own platform. Absolutely. You know, 
And yeah. you called it manifest. And there's a reason that you do that. You, you're manifesting your own dreams and your own aspirations. And you're hoping that other people, you know, get the courage to do that as well. Right. Absolutely. So you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I I fully know and support everything that you're saying. And one oh. of the things that, that I believe to be important too, is, you know, having that community that when you do get a no, because mm-hmm. no's happen all the time, right? Yeah. But when you do get that, you do have people that love and support you that are saying yep. yes. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've seen that with Io. Like some days I'm like, oh, this is not what I need it to be. But then, you know, people do reach out to me and say, I'm so glad that this exists. You know, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that, you know, that, you know, that I can read these stories. They People really do say, it, and it's still, it's, it's like the first time that I hear it every time it's said to me, but that's what keeps me going. I'm like, yeah, there's, there's a reason that, th- that I'm doing this. There is a reason. Um, there is and people are noticing, not that I'm doing it for the validation, but right. you know, you talked about being impactful mm-hmm. and I, I think, you know, I always is my little part of, you know, it's my way of, of being impactful in my little corner of the world. Absolutely. And yeah. the reality of it is that it's not only you're being impactful in, in your corner of the world, but then you're impacting the world as mm-hmm. well. I'd right? like because to think so these stories are being shared globally. So right. you're doing the work in New York and the stories are going everywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and this is the beautiful thing about when storytelling is done the right way. Mm. You know, because people receive it and then they can spread that message even further beyond themselves and they want to share it with others Absolutely. and they want people to know where they got it from. They want people yeah. to know the source and then it just keeps going full circle. Yes, so absolutely. It's an amazing yeah. process. You it's know, a process, it, girl. Yes, it is. And it is a process. <laughs> <laughs> it's a process. But it's awesome yeah. that, again, you started. And I think that when people see certain things happen, they don't necessarily always realize that internally we may be having our own um, conversations that are saying like, I'll do it tomorrow or Mm, mm. no one wants it, right? But when we do it and others receive it well, we're like, what are you waiting for? Why you ain't do this? (laughs) Why did this take me so long? You know, why did it take me so long to complete it? Like, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, procrastination is a real issue for me. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm learning ways to combat that. And, you know, that has to go, you know, that has to do with my time management, but it also has to do with like seeing the bigger picture and like envisioning people reading the product and then being happy with the product and then, like trying, you know, and then like sharing the product. So once I see that, you know, ahead, that's something that I always, I, I work towards because I do want to see end results. I do want to see a finished product. Um I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> no, <laughs> like, you do want to see the end, end product and the end yeah, product yeah. Course being yeah. impactful, right? Yeah, so yeah, that. And one thing I was going to ask you as I was preparing for this conversation was because you tell and you give people the ability to tell so many of their stories. What's one of the the stories that you found to be kind of like not not only one that you resonated with the most, but one of the stories that truly brought you to that place of, yes, I'm so glad I did this. Do you mm. have on the IO platform or do you mean in my own right? Again, on the IO platform, hmm, there is a story um, that we put up maybe hmm, 
it was a couple of weeks ago on one of our writers and how she is helping her mother, who is an immigrant from the country escapes me, but how she's helping her mother navigate unemployment mm-hmm. um, during the whole COVID-19 crisis. And, you know, and it's hard for her because she is herself a creative. Her mom is an immigrant and does not know how to, you know, how to navigate through the various channels that would best help her. And that, like, that spoke to me and I, I, it spoke to me, it resonated in my heart, but it was also like a resource, you know, mm-hmm. this, this writer like outlines the steps that she took in, you know, getting her mother back on the right track. And, you know, somebody else may be looking for similar guidance and maybe in the same boat and looking for similar guidance in, in navigating this very like weird, awful time that we're all going through that none of us could have anticipated um, but that story just like popped up in my head about, you know, it's a mother da- daughter story, but it's also like, okay, this is how I'm going to help my mother. You know, these are my own limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see, let's see if we can get through this together. Wow. That's yeah. actually a really good one because I'm yeah. sure many, many people can relate, especially if you do have immigrant parents or if you have yeah. relatives or yep. neighbors mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. in that position and I'm sure they feel quite, you know, frustrated, stressed, and, or, stuck. and you yeah. know, stuck. Like all these you different know. feelings, and you do want to help them because no one wants that for their loved ones, right? Exactly. So, I'm glad to hear that someone actually yeah. not only took the time to do this for their family or you know, right. her mom in this particular instance, but then she shared it. Yeah, like, yeah. Out to her for sharing because mm-hmm. so many people are selfish these days; they want to yeah. keep it all themselves yeah or just feel very private about certain issues um or may feel shame about certain issues which i totally understand but yeah this writer was brave enough to like open up her story to the world and i'm appreciative too that she decided to publish it on io Mm -hmm. um and you know we we work with she could have done it anywhere she could have published anywhere and um i i pride myself too on IO being this welcoming space for emerging talent, emerging writers, writers who have never published anywhere. And, you know, we, we, we encourage people to, to write on our platform and also say to them, you know, we know that, you know, you may need some help. We're here. You know, we want to create the best possible piece for you. Let's work together. So the rest of the world can see how brilliant you are. Um, so that's something that I also pride. I, I feel like IO is also like a teaching platform for, for writers to like get better. We, we love to have writers grow with the platform. Right. Which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Which is awesome. Because again, a, a lot of spaces that you see are not necessarily doing that. Right. Fair, so they're not yeah. giving everyone the ability to come as they are essentially. Right. right. <laughs> and, you know, exactly. And just and you, build. Sorry. Uh-huh. No, no, no. Right. Saying, yeah. Just, and if you, if you're a writer, I'm not going to tell you that you're not. So, you know, let's get you to writing. You may not be able to write for, you know, The Economist or The Atlantic your first time out, but that's fine. Let's get you there. You know, start on IO. Let's let's work you up. Um, let's, you know, also build your confidence. We can also build a following for you on IO. So in time, you'll feel confident about placing a piece in The Atlantic or or where else you'd you'd wanna you'd wanna see your see a byline. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
it's it's a nice way, I would say, for people to build their confidence and for them to also realize that they too have the ability to to be like you and to and to mm-hmm. have, you know, a, a voice in a big publication and mm-hmm. to be able to bring others as well up with them. I believe it's called sending the elevator back down. So it's like once yes. you get you mm-hmm. kind of send it down for other people. And mm-hmm. I believe that that's what you're doing with the I platform, which is it. awesome. I, yeah. I love it. Yeah. And you can't be an advocate of, of black women in particular and not feel the heat, the need to help, to help other women, other black mm-hmm. women. I, I believe yeah. it. I will always try. Like I will try, I will try. Um, depending on the day, I'm more effective than other days, <laughs> but at least know that I'm, I'm going to at least try. Right. Um, yeah. Cause somebody right. did it for me, you know? Exactly. Someone did it for you and and it's paying it forward. Again, it's that being the change you want to see. So if you want to see change and you really want to see it, then you know that it goes beyond you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You You have to always, you know, bring people to the realization that they too can be, be you and even be, be better. So I'm big on, don't just want to be like me, but be better than mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it's, it's totally, like I said, there's enough sunshine for all of us. Exactly. You know, we can all get a piece of it. Like, let's just do it. Let's do it together. And I think exactly. once where we learn to like work together and build together, that's when I think changes will happen, you know? And I, I'm a big fan of like, uh, I'm a big fan of like, monetizing, you know, and like getting money, getting your money too. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you build communities, you know, you build wealth and that's another conversation for another day. I <laughs> let's, let's talk about something else, but anyway, like, yeah, but that's, that's essentially my thoughts on it. And, you mm-hmm. know, some people would think that we're leaning toward socialism, but it's true. I think yeah, that yeah. there's, there's enough for everyone. And I do yeah. think that when you win, the community wins as well. So everyone can pull together. But yeah. you know, one of the things you just said, I thought of it as a growth mindset because mm-hmm. bringing people together to me sounds like growth, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. People like, what's your advice for the, for the people that are to the people that have more limiting beliefs, right? So for the people that feel Mm. that, you know, that sounds great that there's room enough for all of us, but I don't see it Mm. where I'm at. I don't see it, right? Or for the people that feel like I want to tell this story, but you know, who's going to read it? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. About, about what's happening for me. I know you say they do, but do they really like, so what's your advice for those people or do you have mm. any? Oh, let me think about this. Mm. Oh, let's see. I don't know. I am a big fan of like writing things down and then speaking things out, mm. you know, and first believing that you are the perfect person to do something. Um, uh, you, you've also got to be careful to not like see what the next person is doing right. and not comparing yourself. You know, it was so crazy. Just yesterday, I was on a Zoom call with Arlen Hamilton. I don't know if you know her, but she's like the oh, founder yeah. of um, the uh, ooh, of backstage, financial. Yeah. backstage capital. Yeah, right. Yeah. And she said something that was so poignant to me that I, I, I wrote it down. It's on a stick it note somewhere in my house. But she was like, be yourself. So when people are looking for you, they can find you, you know, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to be yourself. If you think that there's room for you, then yes, then there is room for you. If you don't feel that there's room for you, that's like, there's nothing we can do for you. There's nothing we can do about that. 
But if you believe that you are entitled to a little piece of something in this world, in this life, then go for it. Um, And don't be afraid to be your, be, be yourself. Assuming that you know who you are, because I feel a lot of people also don't know who who they are. And they, you know, that goes back to like doing some work, some internal work about who you are as a person, um, which I don't have much, (laughs) I don't have much guidance on. I feel like I'm just learning who I am as a person and every day it changes, but I love it. Um, And I'm excited. Sorry. I said, but that's the guidance right there. Every day changes and, and you have to be open to it. And I agree Mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. I say words are our currency. Yeah. So what we're speaking, you know, either they're going to pay us really big dividends or or, Mm -hmm. or they're not, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it depends on what we've, what we, 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 sorry, it depends on what we think. So how we view ourselves has a way of coming out into everything that we do. So if we do ourselves to be people that no one's going to want to hear from, to be people that no one cares about what we have to say because, Mm -hmm. or we compare ourselves to other people, it's going to be reflected in everything that we do. But once we believe that we have a voice that should be heard and whatever we do is going to be fruitful, it starts to shift the way that we do things. You know, we do it with more integrity. We're more confident as we do it. Even if we don't get it right, we're still doing it. <laughs> you know, it's like yep. it changes things. So, yeah, I think that um, it all starts with you. I, I would say mm-hmm. it starts on the inside and then it's reflected out. But one thing that I do believe in heavily is affirmations. And I think that's pretty mm-hmm. much what Arlen was saying. Yeah. You know, you have to affirm yourself because people aren't going to always do it for you and they're not supposed to. Right. <laughs> right. Like, you, you, know. have to, you have to know for yourself what you want, but go ahead. No, no, that I was just totally agreeing with you. Don't, don't be afraid to be who you are and being different from other people. Um, yeah. yeah. And you know, that it takes, sometimes that's a, a lesson that takes a, a longer time for people to learn than others. But it really is true. And I think the older I get to, the less I care. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It is really true. Like, I like turning, I, you know, when I turned 30, I, like, it was almost overnight. I was like, yep, I do not care about this anymore. <laughs> and it was just very liberating. And I think the older I get every year after turning 30, I'm like, yep, nope, don't care about that. Don't care about that either, and it, it's very freeing because it, it it frees up space to think of, to 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 think about things that I do care about. You absolutely. know, that's, absolutely. that's what it is. Yeah, and, and that's where you want to focus your energy on the things absolutely. that you do care about that you and care about. Yeah, life is so, so life can be very long, but also very short. So mm, why not spend time thinking about things that that you want to think about? Yes. That, yeah. That's a old word right there. Yeah. You know, it, it's, <laughs> if you think about it, yeah, that in itself is, is everything. Yeah. And I would, I would ask you as we begin to wrap, do you have any other advice or nuggets that you'd want to share with listeners? Mm, I think um, for any writers out there, if you haven't written, write, you know, start a blog, um, I have a friend who writes whole stories on her Facebook page and she is a phenomenal writer. Um, yeah, just do it. Like, just do it. Don't be afraid to, to dip your toe out a little bit. Um, 
be unafraid. Like I said, life can be very long, but also very short. And you don't want to look back and, and when things were, were less complicated and say, oh, I wish I had started this or this or this back then. Just try. That's it. It sounds corny, but it really is so simple. You just got to do it. Don't wait. You got to do it, man. You got to do, do it. Yeah. And on that note, thank you for doing this. Oh, I hope that was good. <laughs> thank you for doing this and for sharing. And, you know, again, transparency to me is key. And thank you for transparently sharing with listeners. And I'm hoping that they walk away not only encouraged to do the work that's before them, but inspired to really get it done today, not to delay oh, any further. Yeah, so absolutely. You. And Kim, thank you like for the opportunity, but also for creating the space too. You're creating space for other people. Um, and like I said, you are a gem. You definitely, you know, you are a shining star. And I, I appreciate the space that you're taking up and the space that you're making for others. Oh, it's thank important. you. Yeah. And tell me, it goes full circle. We're all in this yeah. together. Yeah, girl. And, you know, we can all do this. We can all do it, which is the beauty of it all. There's room yes. for all of us. Yes. And, you know, and shout out to Jasmine Howard. Yes. Who, um, who connected us, who's also a power player in her own right, um, who I appreciate very much. Um, Jasmine is amazing. Her own ray of sunshine. <laughs> she's, she's definitely that. She's definitely that. <laughs> so thank you so much yeah. again. Thank you. Are we done? Okay, wonderful. Thanks for listening to the Manifest podcast. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Share this with your family, share this with your friends, share this with your colleagues. Just share this with your entire community. And until next time, let's manifest.